Who's the new handcuff in Pittsburgh? Who's the starting running back in New England? And what NFC tight end should you give a second look to in your lineups this weekend? Plus, FFPC main event third place team owners Roy Paranzuela and John Mon join the show to discuss Ladarius's Green's impact on FFPC leagues down the stretch. What Bengals running back would be the better play for the rest of the season and more? We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Your high stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. We run a brand with a structure for number one commitment. It's all a joke between mom and practice and corporate Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations, all you bulkaholics and Gerzak and addicts. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle, Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, how does James Stark's impending return affect Ty Montgomery? What Kansas City receiver should you look to with Jeremy Macklin out this week? And FFPC main event week nine, third place team owners Roy Paranzuela and John Mondarpi to debate whether the Seahawks passing offense is back and if a changing of the guard is underway in the Baltimore backfield. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you might have in there, however. If you want to connect with us on Twitter, you can do so at HSFFHour, at Eric Balkman, or at David Gerzak. You can also uh, chime in and talk with us at 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also email the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, now is the time to send them. We'll get to all of the chat room questions, tweets, and emails in the fantasy feedback later uh, segment later on in the show. You can thank our mutual friend and producer, Rob, and our audio engineer, Bryce, for getting all those questions to us. It is coming up on week 10 of the NFL season that begins, technically began on Thursday night, but it will continue on Sunday afternoon. There are only two weeks left in the FFPC main event and Football Guys Players Championship regular seasons. Now is the time. You've been waiting. You are on the cusp of the playoffs. The famous words of my father, do not screw this up. So I think that uh, the lineup decisions and waiver bids all get magnified at this point in the season. Dave, how are you feeling about your squads for 2016? I feel pretty good, Valky, actually. Uh, you know, hanging in there. Hanging in there is a better adjective or a better modifier than I could use for my squads. <laughs> they are uh, barely hanging on, I think, is, is, is a more apropos I don't want to brag. They're doing pretty statement well. about it. Okay, good. I'm, I'm glad, Not all my glad to hear that. Teams, a few of those... A few of those teams, you know, you're like, you think your team is good, and then you start losing games. Yeah. You're like, yeah, this team's still pretty good. And you keep losing games. You're like, ah, I think I'm going to rebuild. Well, you can always do that. 
our good friend Jake Rickroad would say that you don't have to do that if you manage your teams correctly. <laughs> you um, know, Jake's the only guy I know that never gets, he never has injuries on his teams, evidently. I think he does. He's just, he, he knows how to manage his teams well enough that he makes the playoffs. Never loses year. a game by a couple points. He well, I'm sure gets, he's done that. Gets a W. He, but he gets, a, he gets enough w, Ws, I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, know, I, I do know I'm going to win the Carrington League. I just want to let Speaking everybody know Speaking of the that. Carrington League, did you notice a flurry of action as far as people updating their trade bait? Oh, no, I didn't. Uh, like half the league. So I got an email from Freaks of the Industry <laughs> I love on our, Monday. This is, a, this is our own personal show. Right. Now. I got an email from Freaks of the Industry on Monday. He said, hey, did the trade deadline pass? I'm like, yep, 11 o'clock p.m. Friday night. And he's like, so why is everybody updating their trade bait? I said, I have no idea. It already did pass? Yeah. So he's, he's, he's like, I find this so funny that everybody's trying to get rid of their pieces now that it's too late. You know, it's a 13-week regular season. Why is the – you need to change those rules. Hey, if somebody brings it up – and, I'm bringing it up right now. And we, well, we'll put a vote on it then for next year. All right, let's move it to week after week 11. Or after, what, what is it? This is going into week 10. This is going into week 10, yeah. I so think, after yeah. week 10. FFP season is November 18th, so whatever that is. Okay. So it's one week from today. Uh, yeah, well, there you go. Well, <laughs> we're not going to change it. We're not going to change it this year, but we'll, we'll change yeah, it. I know, I understand. I'm not that dumb. Okay. I have to look at my phone to see the date. That's all embarrassing. That is embarrassing. A guy who is not embarrassed by his rosters this year, who is doing better than hanging on, is Glenn Lowy. He was on the high stakes lowdown this past week. Uh, oh, how can, was it? Very good. Rotaviz.com slash podcast. You can check that out. Very entertaining stuff there. Um, you know, Glenn has already won a six-figure prize at a, uh, in a national fantasy contest before. He's been very close a couple other times. He gives actually some strategy and tips uh, for people who are listening of how he was able to be up at the top of the leaderboard um, hmm. consistently and, and to bring how he brought it home one year. And the two players that he's hoping brings it home for him this year. So listen Glenn's a good guy. to that and find out. Very good. Are you, do you pay the FFPC? Uh, do you pay the HSFF hour for your advertising? Do I pay the HSFF hour? You've been running ads of your show during, during the other show. This is a compliment, okay? <laughs> the, 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 the one, the not left. A, now, listen. it's not a compliment with an I. It's a compliment. C-O-M-P-L-E. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Get that right on your ACTs, kids. The left hand and the right hand must know what each is doing, okay? This is the right hand show. (laughs) That's the left one. You're doing fine work, actually, on that show. Thank you very much. It's so much better without being interrupted by a dumb (laughs) co-host. I just interrupt myself to to sort of um, keep it uh, streamlined. All right, let's go. Thanks to Roto World, RotoPass, and our producer, Rob, for tonight's rundown. RotoPass. RotoPass, yeah, they had a hand in this as well. Uh, Carlos Hyde sounded optimistic about his odds for returning for this weekend's game, according to Matt Barrows on Twitter. The quote that Carlos Hyde said yesterday, things are going in a good direction. <laughs> Hyde missed the last two games. San Francisco also had a bye week in between those two games. Did not get in a full practice this week. He's listed He's as questionable. Chip Kelly hopes to know his status for Saturday. Or, or, excuse me, hopes to know his status to Saturday for the game on Sunday. Single. Single. He's single. What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Well, we don't even know that. I don't know. He could be married. <laughs> could, he could have a significant other. Good. What are you doing if Carlos Hyde is out? Is Dewan Harris, did he show enough last week in that New Orleans game for you to feel okay flexing him out if Hyde is out? You know, to be honest with you, I didn't get Dewan Harris in any leagues last week. I never, I didn't draft Hyde at all, so I really had, didn't, not that I have any interest, I just didn't get him, so I have no idea. How did he do last, how did Dewan Harris did do Did very it? well, actually. Yeah, I, mean, yeah. I don't think, I don't think uh, Hyde's going to play. I don't think he has either. Going in a good direction is like a, that's like a politician uh, talking. Exactly, yeah, it's a very bland response, not all that exciting. 
was wearing uh, Carlos Hyde was wearing the non-contact jersey all week this week in Niners practice, so that's not great. Um, as far as Duane, or Dewan Harris goes, I do have him in probably like three leagues. As of right now, he is not in any of my starting lineups. However, he does have a shot of starting in my Scott Fishbowl team with Draft Sharks Matt Schaub. I'm sure he's very excited. If Hyde's out, we're playing Harris in that league. No one cares. I'm just telling you. Like, you can feel good about starting Harris this week for, right. for uh, a flexed-out running back, especially if it's in an Arizona ball team. Yeah. you got to remember, there's going, really good. there's going to be some garbage time in that game. Harris played a lot of like third downs in that San Francisco game. Time. Yeah. So you, he could get, catch a lot of passes in that game. I, you know, I don't feel that uncertain about how, how well he is going to do this week from a fantasy standpoint. Uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette reports that D'Angelo Williams might miss four to six weeks after he had a knee procedure done on Thursday. He is the Le'Veon Bell handcuff, as he has been all season long. So he's not that valuable until Bell gets hurt right now. Fitzgerald Until he gets hurt. Uh, until he gets hurt. Okay, listen, Bell gets hurt every year. Fitzgerald Toussaint is the name to know um, for the handcuff situation in Pittsburgh right now. If you were a sneaky one, you should have told me about him earlier. So. I probably should have, and I actually did put some bids in. In the auction, you are trying to screw us. I, I may our, have a bid in our on team, him in Our Kentucky. team is busted in that one. Um, so, Toussaint, and I talked to Matt, Matt Schauff about this, and I said, I said, hey, because we picked up Taylor Gabriel this past week, and I said, hey, what about Toussaint? You know, if Bell gets hurt, all of a sudden Toussaint's looking good, and he kind of poo-pooed it. He was not very high in Toussaint. I think from a high-stakes perspective, these guys, you just can't find them anywhere. Yeah. Belt hurts his knee, hurts his elbow, hurts any of his joints, hurts anything, ligament, muscle, whatever. Smoke some pot. Toussaint is valuable. There is value in having him on your 20-team uh, or 20-man roster in a 12-team league. I think he's a guy that needs to be rostered. I know it's too late for FFPC waivers tonight, but this is a guy that you could have, hopefully you snuck in for a few bucks because I think he will pay off for a couple of weeks this year. Well, the nice thing is Kentucky waivers don't close for another hour or two. So I can uh, no, you still in. yeah, you Woo-hoo! still can. That's fine. Now I've never been you know abashed to um, admitting who I have in on my sneaky yeah. Friday pickups for Kentucky. If you that's outbid fine. me, that's fine. So I, actually, I kind of agree with you. If you have a dump, if you have an extra roster spot, which you know a lot of times you grab a defense or whatever for uh, for a bye week, and you don't really need that defense right. anymore. Unless, I dr- it's, unless it's a good one. I don't mind keeping two defenses. They're both good. In one league, I dropped D'Angelo, or I'm trying trying to drop D'Angelo Williams for Toussaint right now, and I, I mean Williams to me Williams is is done. For, for fantasy yeah, yeah, purposes for, sure. for this year. I'd pick up a like I'd pick up Vinatieri or somebody like that. Well, I'm. let's not get crazy. Second kicker. Rob Demosky <laughs> from ESPN says he considers James Starks, who just had knee surgery a few weeks back, a good bet to return in Sunday's game against Tennessee. And Starks, he's a former Packers beat writer. Yes, he is. Well, I mean, he still basically covers the Packers for ESPN. Oh, so he doesn't work for the Press Gazette. He works for ESPN now. So, but now he calls himself ESPN's Rob Demosky. Well, he doesn't, but ESPN does. Oh, so it's like a... A title he, raise, I mean, he, but he doesn't get paid anymore? No, he does work for them. Like, he is on the ESPN payroll there. It's sort of like how uh, the high-stakes lowdown actually pays my salary. I'm sure it And does. I just kind of freelance and fart around here with you on Fridays. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, anyway, Rob Demosky says uh, that he's a good bet to return against the Titans. Starks practiced in full uh, both Thursday and Friday. Went through contact drills on yes, uh, yesterday for the first time since the operation. If you are... Owning Ty Montgomery, my advice to you would be that I don't think Starks has much of an impact on Montgomery this week. However, the week after, after Starks gets acclimated back, I do think he starts taking chunks 
of backfield snaps for Ty Montgomery going forward. I, I still think Montgomery has a lot of value, uh, and I do believe that he will be in the backfield quite a bit for the remainder of the season, no matter if Starks is healthy or not. However, you need to be prepared for the possibility that you aren't going to you know, get these insane ceilings anymore with Montgomery because Starks will be back there gumming up the works. Your thoughts on this, Dave? I think if Starks is active, I would consider a preemptive bench of Ty Montgomery. And I mean that saying if you have some other choices that are reasonably close, I would go that route probably. I would, I would, really? Yeah, just because I mean, if Montgomery couldn't, he has a, a huge range of outcomes. But sometimes you have those outcomes where he has like four carries for eight yards, one catcher. You know, he just doesn't get much action. Or somebody, you know, that happens a lot of times with these like things going on with different guys coming back, guys that were the replacement players. Uh, so I, it would, I'm a, I have a little bit of concern, especially if you're trying to fight for a playoff spot. I would try and go with somebody that's a little bit more cons- consistent where you can count on 10 to 12 points. We're going to play a Would You Rather later on in the show with another player, so I'm not going to play it uh, right now. But let's, get, let's talk about who you would play with Montgomery you know, versus, or instead of Montgomery. Uh, same game, Rashard Matthews. And assume Starks is active for all these games, or for all these Would You Rathers. So Rashard Matthews, Starks is active and starting? Well, you won't know if he's... Yes, I'll know if he's starting. Once again, 1 o'clock. Road of World will say, okay. James right. Starks is active and starting. Okay. If you're giving me a scenario, All right, I'll give, give me you a scenario. Okay. okay, I'll give you the scenario. Some reporter has reported <laughs> that he's starting. But it's not, it's, it's a rogue, it's like an Eric Balkman type reporter. Yeah, it's un, workload is unknown. It could be a timeshare, but right. not. James Starks or Rashard Matthews, or uh, Ty Montgomery or Rashard Matthews. Uh, you know, I don't really like Matthews that much, so I'm going to go with Montgomery, I guess. I agree. Ty Montgomery or Willie Sneed at home against the Broncos? I'll take Sneed even in a tough defensive matchup with the Broncos. I would take Montgomery there. Uh, Montgomery or Cole Beasley at the Pittsburgh Steelers? That's actually good one. I actually thought of Cole Beasley um, because he's kind of one of those half-junkie guys. Uh, I'd probably, I'm, you know, I'm not that high on Montgomery. If, if Starks is going to play and start, I'm going to roll up Beasley. I agree. Uh Sterling Shepard at home against the Bengals. You know, I think I, I don't think Shepard's gonna have a very good game for some reason. Okay, but I'll still I'll still roll with him. Yeah, I would roll with Shepard too. And final one, uh, the new number two receiver in Arizona, according to Bruce Arians, J.J. Nelson at home against the Niners. Is he really? Yes, he really is at home against the <laughs> Niners. No, Bruce Arians came out and said that he is the number two receiver this week. You know, I don't really trust Arians all that much. Uh, I don't know how much they're gonna pass. I'll go with Nelson, though. I, you know, I, I agree, because I'm getting ready to disagree with you on all these, and then you, you just go the other way. So I agree with you uh, as well on that. So maybe I'm a little bit down on Montgomery as well. J.J. Nelson, is he available anywhere? Uh, you know who I, ha- I learned so much on this show, Bobby. You know, he, he wasn't available in Kentucky auction last week, because you know who picked him up. You did? Yeah. Oh, you're a genius. Uh, I really am. <laughs> Travis Benjamin did not practice today. He is not expected to play against the Dolphins. Barely played last week, Dave. Did not practice at all this week. San Diego on by next week. So you look at what San Diego will be doing against Miami this week. They're hoping that Hunter Henry is well enough to play so they can attack the Dolphins with both he and Gates at the tight end position. And the starting receivers expected to be Tyrell Williams and Dontrell Inman. Are you excited about starting any of these guys this week between Williams, Inman, Gates, and Henry if Benjamin misses, which it sounds like he would be? I know in plenty of leagues that I'm in, I'm rolling with Tyrell Williams and Antonio Gates. Yeah, those are the two I'd be most excited about, especially Tyrell Williams. I'd really be excited about Melvin Gordon, actually, just because I don't think uh, you know Rivers is going to be shot putting it up to players as often. They're going to be running a lot. God, yeah. and Melvin Gordon looks 
I'm so mad I didn't get him in many leagues this year. I, I tried to get him, but then people were taking him earlier. Uh, what a bummer. If he didn't have that 55-yard touchdown in preseason, I would have gotten Roy uh, Paranzuela and, and, and John Munn are coming up. They, part of the reason that they have been so successful in the main event has been their seventh-round selection of Melvin Gordon. So we're going to talk a little bit more about See, them. seventh round. Yeah, very good. Uh, Everyone in Kentucky was taking him in the fourth and fifth. I remember that um, former guest to the show, J.A. Carey, him and uh, Mike Fox were in one of the leagues I was in in Kentucky. Yep. And we were drafting the day that he busted off that long run. And that was an afternoon game, right? That was so an afternoon all, game. We all had plenty and of they, time to watch it. We were sitting there yeah, watching it. They, they took Gordon at the 3-4 turn in that league. Unbelievable. And I... And I remember I was like, wow, that is quite, just quite the range. Yeah. You moron. And somebody else sitting at the table. In fact, it, I, nah, I don't know who it was. Somebody else is sitting at the table, and they said, the, the, the preseason touchdown heard around the world. You know, <laughs> yeah. and, that's, and that's what happened with Gordon. He got pushed up. Those guys are shrewd. They're, they're good players. Last thing I want to get to before uh, we get to tonight's guest, Darius Hayward Bay listed as out against the Dallas Cowboys, according to Dale Lolly on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> this is important because Hayward Bay was elevated to the starting spots, and both he and Marcus Wheaton are out. So now you're looking at, obviously, Brown getting a lot of snaps with a fully healthy Ben Roethlisberger, or Ben Roethlisberger, at least, who's not on the injury report. Who do you like better as the number two receiver this week, Dave? The electric yet butterfingered Sammy Coates, or Eli Rogers, who had six catches for 106 yards last week? Uh, Eli Rogers by a mile. Coates is By a mile? Wow. Coates is not a catcher. Okay, hold he's on. Like the, he's like the Stephen Hill type that can't catch. Now, he's actually kind of like DHP used to be a few years back. A little bit. I, I actually agree with you. I like Rogers better. However, I don't like him by a mile better. So let's figure out a way to do this here for this week. Oh, are we Fan, going Fantasy points. You're going to give me points on this one. How much? On what do you think is fair? Four. By a mile, he says, and then he gives me four fantasy four points. Four is a lot of points. You know, that's ridiculous. Six? Six? Let's split the difference, do five. Five. Split your difference and do five. So I got five on Sammy Coates uh, not being outscored by Eli Rogers by five points this week. All right, TPR points, yes. Eli Rogers is who I got for five bucks. I got five on it. That's no, not baiting. I'm just... Trying to lock you in on some <laughs> week week ten fun, man. Listen, I already said my my teams are falling off a cliff, so I need some action here. All right. Uh, let's speaking of action, we're going to get to our guests right after this break. Roy Paranzuela and John Munn, the uh, third place team in the FFPC main event, coming up right after this. You're listening to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming back at you here for the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour Edition Week 10 show. And tonight we are a Week 10 preview show, I should say. And tonight we are uh, very fortunate to welcome in two guests tonight. Uh, They've been playing fantasy football recreationally for a decade. They started out playing in a 12-man local league that has grown to a 40-man league. Shout out for, from the uh, High Stakes Fantasy Football or for the Top Guns League tonight. 40 man. I would 40 man. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, five years ago, they started playing with the FFPC, first doing some small satellite leagues and then moving to the Victory Point format a few years back. Last year, they decided to up their game, enter the quote-unquote true world of High Stakes Fantasy Football by playing in the main event and in just their second year playing in the main event. They have found themselves in third place heading into Week 10. Please welcome to the show... Roy Paranzuela and John Munn. Gentlemen, welcome. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having us on. 
very excited to have you both on. Uh, let's talk about, first, well, Roy, let me ask you uh, right away. How did this 12-man local league that you're in turn into a 40-man local league? It just kind of grew. It went from 12 to uh, 24. We did the uh, double player pool thing uh, about five years in. And we just continue to have, you know, just a word of mouth kind of thing. We just continue to have more and more people joining in. And uh, we're hoping to get to 48. And that's kind of where we want to, you know, kind of end the league, I guess, and kind of say, okay, that's our, that's our goal. And basically uh, it'd be kind of like a four-player pool and uh, two 24-man leagues is what, we, what we're hoping for next year. So just fun stuff. Just the local, we got the trades, only league we can actually trade in. So it's good stuff. So let me ask you a question. That, so you have a four-player pool league. So can you actually trade? Let's say I, let's say I love Le'Veon Bell. Could I actually acquire all four Le'Veon Bells then in, in that scenario? No, you can't. So basically, you can oh. only have one player one time. Yeah, no, we, it, it's a little bit of a stickler for the rule thing, but yeah, it's it's uh, the website that we use actually kind of uh, guards all that from the from the cross kind of mingling. So it works out pretty good. Uh, I mean, that, that makes sense actually. I, I just thought of that question. I always love that when when the website like prevents <laughs> me from screwing things up, commissioning the the Blake Harrington Dynasty League. I always I always love that when when uh, you I don't get in my own way of commissioning. <laughs> Fuck yeah, I have two Antonio Browns. They're right. going for eighty combined points. Yeah, exactly. And and then you know what? Knowing that league, nobody would tell me about it till like four weeks after the fact. <laughs> like, hey, how did Gerzak get this? <laughs> Let's talk a little bit uh, before we get into fantasy. Just briefly, guys, tell us what you do for a living. Roy, go ahead uh, first and then John jump in after that. Okay, so currently I'm in uh, Dayton, Ohio. I uh, am a finance guy, actually, for the, in the aerospace industry and uh, live out here married with my two kids, and uh, that's what we do. Sweet. And uh, I live in Wildwood, Missouri, a uh, suburb of St. Louis. Uh, I'm also married, and I have two kids, and I own a copier company. You know, we just had Austin, Austin Martin was on the show, uh, whatever it was, after week one. Who and he sold uh, printers, so I, I feel like that there's there might I don't I don't know if it would be like a rivalry or if, if we could bring these guys together and really create some sort of monolithic company that was born out of being guests on the high stakes fantasy football hour. Yeah, maybe there's I, a connection there. I, yeah. yeah, I think there might be. Link, I think LinkedIn. There might be. LinkedIn. Yeah, well, listen, we'll, we'll bring people together on on social do media. We have a somehow. LinkedIn for HSF. We do not because the, technically the show is not employed. So we do oh, not have we do not they, they don't don't companies have that? No, you we, we should do a group. Look, do a HF, first look, of all, we got hold banned on. on Facebook, Paul. Right, yeah, we, we need to get some more social media going here. I said we need to get going on Tumblr. That's like <laughs> that should be our, like the next live banned on Facebook. Check out Tumblr. We do Instagram and we'll do selfies you, of this show. You can say anything. Post anything you want on Tumblr. We Nud- don't care. Nudity, that's cool. Yeah. Threats, you know, <laughs> verbal and physical. Bring it on. Anyway, get into fantasy. All right, uh, Roy, this is for you. Congrats on being in third place in the main event heading into week 10. It's getting pretty far along, actually. Uh, you hit a home run in the seventh round, Melvin Gordon, uh, like I was saying, uh, Kentucky. He was going in the fourth and fifth. People apparently in the FFPC forgot his week three performance. Well, let's remember it's a little bit different of a format, too. Uh, evidently, his touchdown, he's been very touchdown dependent for his fantasy points so far. Yes, this he year. has. I don't know. Whatever. Well, hold on. Hold on. Don't, guys, don't say anything. Guess how many touchdowns Melvin Gordon has so far this year? Eleven. That is correct, I believe. <laughs> I knew. I, 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 that, that, that I know is correct. It, yeah. Eleven. There you go. So confirmed by the Boom. third place. I watch football. So okay, apparently you don't think eleven <laughs> touchdowns in week nine is touchdown dependent, but go on. So much of his output has been touchdown dependent. He's got eleven touchdowns. How big of a regression are we going to see in the second half of the season from him, 
Or do you think that we're still going to see him putting up big numbers as the lead back in the Chargers offense, even though they have no red zone receiver threats? So I'll definitely start out. Yeah, I'll start out by saying uh, Gordon was definitely the pick of the draft. No, no doubt about it. Getting him in the seventh round. Uh, he was John's guy. Um, we were just real lucky. He was sitting there for us in the seven, uh, in the seventh round. Um, as far as regression, I think I'd be a little more concerned about TD regression if Danny Woodhead was still around. Um, I, I think he's really turned into a complete back the last couple of weeks. I mean, he's, he's ran like an absolute beast the last couple of weeks. And, Really, if they were the only regression I'd be concerned about, really, is maybe a workload kind of thing. If they start to kind of scale them back, but they're in the playoff hunt, you know. So if they were one in one in eight, I'd be a little bit more concerned. But being that they're right there in the thick of things, I, I continue to see them just kind of pushing and uh, you know feeding the beast really. And I think I kind of pulled a little stat when we were kind of looking at our playoff run there. And if I'm not mistaken, after the week 11 bye, you're looking at uh, 29th, 25th. 21st and 31st ranked oh. in defenses versus the run. Oh, so I, I'm feeling that's pretty great. good about, about about not seeing regression. Yeah. You know, you know, Glenn, will we talk about that in your other show, Bucky? He he did not, but he talked about plenty of other good stuff. I'll tell you what, I just I hear what type of defenses Melvin Gordon's going to be going up against after week uh, the week 11 bye. And you know what Melvin Gordon owners are saying when they hear that? What's up? <laughs> It's totally all about Melvin Gordon the final few weeks of the season. John is 20 people just turned the show off. John, let me jump in and, and ask you, um, since he's your guy, at what point when you guys, when you and Roy were doing this draft, at what point did you start to say, okay, we need to start looking at Melvin Gordon here? Was was it the fourth round, the fifth round, or were you truly not looking at him until until that seventh round when you ended up taking him? No, we we had our eye on him from the get go. Um, we we had some data and we kind of knew what round he, was, he that he that he should go in. So we felt like we actually grabbed him a little bit early from our data. So we we definitely had our eye on him from the get go. He uh, he was running like a beast in the preseason, and then I, I knew that he was working out with Adrian Peterson. And I mean, really, who else would you want to work out with? If you want to learn how to finish a run? He just he just looked really good. Yeah, not a lot of people. Same position. Not a lot of people know this. You know, Dave, we're, we're living in in Wisconsin, so obviously we we have followed Melvin Gordon's uh, collegiate career, and I happen to have friends who are very close to Melvin Gordon. Apparently, now I can't corroborate this as, as fact, but apparently Melvin Gordon had the choice to work out in the off season with either Adrian Peterson or God Himself, and he chose Adrian Peterson. Clearly, that was the correct decision, <laughs> as Melvin Gordon is having Who a breakout here. It's not a joke. A I'm dead joke. serious. I'll show you the DMs on Twitter that I got uh, about that. God was a little miffed, a little bit miffed. So he, then he focused his uh, his forces on the uh, Cubs winning the World Series. So I guess it worked out for everybody. I feel like I want to be a judge on the Gong Show, Gong <laughs> you out right now. And let's get back to you, Roy. Let's talk about your uh, your 12th round pick uh, in this league, Dion Lewis. Are we going to see him active this weekend? And if he is active, could he be a start immediately in Week 10 for some fantasy players if he does play for New England? Yeah. So this pick was on me. I, I had this theory after we kind of heard about the. Uh, the 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 knee surgery he was going to have to have and then kind of having to to sit out on the on the pup for for a few weeks so if he doesn't make it back on the field i'm I'm gonna have to take this one but but it sounds like it's very promising for a week 10 return um i can tell you that we will not be starting him this week uh we've got to at least see him get on the field pass that eye test um and then you've got the whole belichick factor with his running backs and i think i read an article today that he's already throwing wrinkles and they're talking about james white's uh his role is secure and, and this, that, and the other, and he's already playing games. So 
we're going to have to kind of take that wait and see approach and at very least see him play. And, and hopefully he looks good if he gets out there. And I think they have till tomorrow to activate him and until uh, for this week and then until the 17th um, to activate him. So, so sometime next week, if uh, they're going to bring him onto the roster. Interesting. I own Dion Lewis in a few leagues, not starting him in uh, any leagues this week, but I, I'm very curious to see what we are going to see on the field from him. Another player, Dave, that we have not seen all season. What about Ladarius Green? Good one. I like it. Let's talk uh, to John about this. Uh, is, is he a player that has to be rostered in FFPC leagues? Uh, well, we uh, we actually drafted both Green and James uh, late on our team. I'm not sure who was going to be the guy there. Uh, at this point, I think Green has missed his chance to be an impact player. Uh, James is playing kind of the Heath Miller role, and I believe that uh, there's another tight end in the mix as well. I just can't see Green uh, playing a major role unless there are some injuries. Too many miles to feed in Pittsburgh. I personally don't think he's a must-roster guy. Yeah, he's the the uh, obviously he was always the ultimate tease in San Diego. A lot of people expected him to take over for Gates uh, for many many years. Never happened. Then he went to Pittsburgh, and now we haven't even seen him on the field yet. I think that the fact that there is talent there uh, and that it, this is a tight end premium format, I, you could certainly make the case for keeping him on your roster. But it's it's hard when, especially in the bye week crunch, to I mean he'd be one of the first guys I'd look at cutting. If I if I needed a, a spot for a, a backer receiver to fill in a buy, I kind of like him. I think I'm, Jesse James hasn't been all that great. He hasn't been great, but there's no guarantee that Green is going to be any good. I mean, he's never really been good before. I I'll, I would rather take the guarant the non guarantee of being good versus proven to not be good. Uh, kind of like an employee yeah, that yeah. Because because we know that it's a higher ceiling. There's more potential there for Green. I have this employee here who's not that good. Right. I have this other person who's just walking out the street. I don't know if he's good or he's not good. Right. I'd rather just get rid of give the him guy a, who sucks. Give him a shot, yeah. as it were. Uh, John, Russell Wilson's really let the ball uh, fly on Monday night uh, at the expense of the running game, which was pretty much non-existent for the Seahawks. Should fantasy players expect that run-and-gun offense that we saw the second half of 2015, again the second half this season, and be prepared to bench Kristen Michael, Thomas Rawls, uh, when he does finally return. I know Michael is questionable for Sunday night football uh, this week, so you could certainly make the case for benching him just based on that alone. But are we seeing the transition, much like we did last year, to Russell Wilson and the Seattle uh, offense really becoming an elite passing offense? Well, that's a tough one. Um, you know, I, I'd like to see him come out and do it again against New England before I made that call. You know, that might have just been a game plan against Buffalo. Uh, as you mentioned, they opened it up last year, and it could easily go that way again. Uh, you could argue that they might have aired it out all year if Wilson hadn't been hurt most of the year. Uh, I think the Patriot game may go a long way in showing what to expect the rest of the season. And, uh, you know, I, I would agree with you on Michael um, and with uh, C.J. Procise uh, there and uh, Rawls coming back. Uh, I'm not sure what to do there in that backfield. Sunday night, the Sunday night game between Seattle and New England, Going to be a great game, Dave, and there's a, lot, there's a lot of fantasy um, stipulations or a lot of information that we're going to garner from a fantasy standpoint in that game as well with the Deion Lewis thing, with whether Kristen Michael plays, with – Will Gronk get two touchdowns or just one? Will Wilson uh, – can, can, can he show that he is over that knee injury? I mean, I think that there's uh, – and do this against an elite offense. I think that that's going to be a very compelling game to watch. All right, Roy, this question is for you. Uh, by the way, these are written for me, so I'm going to read this verbatim. Roy, you drafted a, roughly a dozen FFPC teams this year. 
did you make to try to diversify the players on each team? Don't throw Rob under the bus. <laughs> Rob's doing the best he can. Did you make to try to diversify the players on, your, on each team? Or are you fine with loading up with many of the same players on a lot of your squad? You know, everything else is actually written properly. Rob, thanks you. <laughs> yeah, so, so to be honest, I really don't look at that too much uh, going into these drafts. Uh, got a list of guys, as John mentioned, that, that I like to target. And if I get them at the right price, I'll, I'll take them. And uh, if I end up having a, a bunch of the same guys on, on the same team, I'm good with that. So I, I think uh, as I'm starting to research this, this high-stakes thing, I'm starting to kind of understand that a lot of the players that, that have 30, 40, and 50 teams, uh, they, they do diversify, and that is definitely a strategy. But, but I, I haven't quite got there yet. So I'm okay kind of rolling in all in on a, on a couple handful of guys I like and, uh, and just seeing how it falls out. It's all about getting your guys. It's all about going to bat with the guys that you believe are going to put up the most points. Uh, I think that that makes a, a lot of sense. The guys you diversify, too, I think plenty of them will tell you, as much as they diversify talent, they do have a large number of shares of the same players on a lot of teams, too. So it's, it's kind of a best of both worlds uh, for them as well. Roy Paranzuela and John Munn, our guests tonight on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. They currently sit in third place after nine weeks of play in the FFPC main event, a contest that features a $1.8 million prize pool and a $250,000 grand prize. We have not talked about the Browns and Ravens game from last night. We're going to get into that right after this and talk about Kenneth Dixon and Terrence West with Roy and John. I am Eric Falkman. He's Dave Gerzak. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. BHSFF Hour rolls on here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. He is the Dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Gerzak. I'm Eric Balkman. We are both from the FFPC, and we are talking to two gentlemen tonight who are in third place in the FFPC main event. They are Roy Paranzuela and John Munn. And let's talk about that Browns-Ravens game last night, guys, specifically that Ravens backfield, which a lot of people have been waiting for Kenneth Dixon to sort of take the reins there. Roy, he played 29% of the Ravens snaps last week. Would you advise other players after what we saw last night to bench West going forward in favor of Dixon? Or is the fact that West still out snapping Dixon and maybe not doing as much at those snaps, is that still enough for you to start West over Dixon if you own both guys? So if I had both guys, I think I'm starting to lean toward Dixon because it looks like he's the catchback. So just looking at the stats from last night, I think he caught five passes to West, one pass. Um, and then as far as yardage, I think West only had 20 yards on him, something like that. So I think you're in a full-up committee at this point in, in Baltimore. But I think if you're looking for the upside, obviously in a PPR format as we have here, I, I think West is your guy if, you, if you've got both going – I'm sorry, Dixon's your guy going forward if you got them both. I think that for anybody who is a Terrence West fan or a guy that would say Terrence West should be the guy started going forward, you have to look at last night's game as a positive game script that would really favor Baltimore taking on uh, the, uh, the Cleveland Browns at home, a game against a team that has not won a game, uh, a team that has been okay defensively, but nothing you know too out of this world. This is a game that West really should have dominated. This is the type of game where he gets 20, 25 carries, rushes for 110, 125 yards. He did not get the yards. Uh, Did not get in the end zone, which, again, we know that's spotty, and then only getting one pass. But then you look at Kenneth Dixon. I mean, catches are king in in the FFPC, and Dixon got five of them last night. 
to West one. So even the most staunch supporter of Terrence West has to be a little bit worried right now at this point, Dave, would you agree? Yeah. I mean, they drafted Dixon. West has not been fantastic. This, you know, if he was really, he's had plenty of time to prove himself to be a really, really and good. And he has had a couple of games he's been, that's better been very good. And he's had some crappy ones. Some so very crappy ones, very bad ones. So it's like, you know, they're like, okay, this guy's serviceable at best. They already got rid of four sets. So it's like, maybe this Dixon guy will be better. And if not, we're going to draft somebody in the top three rounds next year. Yeah, totally true. Much in the same way, much that uh, I have continued to le- let our listeners down week after week on this show. And let's face it, it, I'm in the final year of my contract here. I might be a cap casualty heading into 2017. It is. Alex and I have talked about it. Yeah. Well, I know Alex is probably grooming himself to take over my position. Oh, brother. Yeah. So enjoy that. <laughs> that would be rough. Yeah. By the way, I can't wait for the Giants to take a running back on the first one. Is it two rounds or three rounds? We have another one, the Giants and the Raiders. We have wagers on both of those. What rounds is it? I'd have to go back and look. I can't remember if it was rounds two and three. You're going to lose or ball. It was Either just way. round two or it was a day two thing. I don't know. We'll see what happens. So, uh, John, as you prepare for the upcoming league playoffs and the subsequent three-week championship round, uh, what are you guys, uh, well, what are you and, and uh, Roy doing to make sure your uh, roster is tight heading into week 10? You guys grabbing kickers and defenses? Looking forward a little bit because you have that luxury? Well, yeah. I mean, we've been looking ahead quite a bit, uh, not only to the 14 through 16 week run, but also for the league playoffs in 12 and 13. Uh, we were drafting. Uh, if we had a couple of players we were trying to choose between, uh, we, we definitely took a look at the 12, week 12 and 13 matchups as our tiebreaker. Uh, this week, we picked up our second kicker and second defense last week and our second quarterback a few weeks ago. We feel you need at least two at every position to guard against injury, bad matchups, or weather. Uh, outside of that, uh, we just keep a couple home run guys like uh, Alfred Morris uh, in case Zeke got injured. injured uh, that could be our, you know, our lottery ticket for us. Yeah, Alfred Morris is a guy, honestly, because I didn't get Elliott in, in any leagues this year. I rostered Morris in like probably three or four, and I just keep waiting. For, for that to pay off, because I know behind that offensive line, Morris will be able to put up good fantasy numbers, and especially, you know, since I drafted so heavily on, on receivers, I keep waiting for Morris. Um, but Elliott, man, he looks so good. It doesn't look like he's slowing down. It doesn't look like the amount of touches he's had. Um, uh, really not going to really well, this year. I, that's, a, that's a whole other discussion there. Um, but, I mean, it might be more of a reason to keep Morris uh, around. And then I, I think, you know, what Prescott's been able to do uh, to keep the passing game thriving has really taken a lot of pressure off Elliott as well. But still, keep Morris on your teams. Let's get to uh, some emails here, guys, from uh, from some show listeners that sent them in uh, this week. Uh, first one, Dan in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, this one actually came in today. Hello, Roy and John. I have the opportunity to trade Jeremy Hill for Giovanni Bernard, straight up right now, this is a full PPR redraft format. Would you guys do the trade? Thanks for the email, Dan, in Eugene, Oregon. Uh, so, Roy, I'll, I'll pitch this to you, and, and John, you, you can pipe in your thoughts. But he can, uh, he can get Bernard, uh, but he's got to give up Hill. So it's two Bengals running backs, uh, one very heavy uh, on the pass-catching aspect, the other one not so much, but really does dominate early downs in Cincinnati. Which running back would you rather have for the rest of the season, Roy? Uh, my two cents would go to Bernard. Uh, I think I heard it was a PPR league. So for me, I think Bernard's probably got a little bit more value. Uh, just, just kind of watching, actually have Jeremy Hill and a couple of my BP 750 teams. And, he, and he's pretty much boomer bust. If you want to talk about uh, TD dependent, uh, that's Jeremy Hill, I, I think. Uh, so he'll have his, his 
15 or 20 point game, but then he'll give you his four or five point dunker. Uh, Bernard just seems to be a little bit more consistent. So that's probably the way I would go at this point. John, would you also be leaning towards Bernard over Hill in this deal? Yeah, I, mean, I think Roy pretty much sums it up. Uh, definitely PPR, Bernard's the way to go on that. All right, so Dan, what you are, what we're telling you tonight, make that deal, get Bernard, don't look back. Uh, this is the other email I wanted to read to you guys uh, from Colin in La. I believe now my high school Spanish is a bit rusty, Dave. Well, I'm really good. But I believe when you when you have a word like this, it's just you just pronounce it as one. It's not La Abra. I believe it's Labra, California. I don't remember. Okay, great. So apparently mine is uh, a little bit uh, more brushed upon or brushed up on, uh, up on than yours. Yeah, I think it's just Labra. What's up, Bombers? When you guys started playing in the FFPC main event, did you start targeting low floor, high ceiling types that had good matchups in weeks 14 to 16? Or did you draft this team roughly the same way as your single league teams? Uh, thank you for the email, Colin. John, I'll pitch this to you. You guys, I mean... Well, I, Roy, I know you, you play in, in um, you know, the, the VP leagues. Uh, obviously, those are, are 12-team leagues. You're not trying to win some sort of national contest. I know that you play, of course, your other uh, main uh, high-stakes uh, co-owner, Corey Hanstein. You guys play in a bunch of teams or play a bunch of teams together as well. Uh, how do you guys, when, when you got together uh, on, the, on the main event draft last year and this year, were you looking at, you know, the week 14 through 16 schedule and trying to acquire guys that maybe had some pretty good matchups. John, I'll let you answer this one first and then Roy, go ahead and, and give us your thoughts. Well, that's, that's kind of Roy's strong suit. Uh, he's got a little more experience drafting in these. Um, what we found is, is, is that I, I do a lot of mocks uh, to go with the other drafts leading in, leading into these big main event drafts. Um, and the main event drafts, we go in with a plan, kind of target our guys, but the draft never seems to go the way that the rest of them go to mocks. For whatever reason, maybe it's the caliber of players. I'm not sure, but uh, we always get thrown a curveball early, so you got to kind of be prepared for that. So I would say that our main event team uh, doesn't mirror our normal, um, you know, our 40-man 40, 40 league uh, or other leagues that we're in. It's definitely much more difficult. Yeah, and just to kind of double down on that, you're right. I mean, I even take the data we get from the VP 750s and some of the other, you know, uh, leagues right before the main events. And, and you still just, for whatever reason, and as Johnson, maybe it's the competition, but the drafts just never seem to fall the way, way you see them. So you're in scramble mode. But, but as far as targeting, actually, we, we, I, I take it back to the week 12 and 13 league playoffs. I mean, at least for the first two years we've played, uh, for me, it's, it's been about winning my league, you know, and, and trying to win that first. Um, and that's kind of maybe the first 10 rounds are, are looking at, you know, potential indoor matchups. I think like uh, this year, I think it's Pittsburgh at Indy in week 12. Uh, th that one looks really, really nice. I think that's the Thursday night, the Thanksgiving night game. Um, so if there's a tiebreaker uh, between players, we might want to load up on those guys and, and see if we can win our league. And obviously with this team, uh, maybe going forward, um, maybe we kind of change it up, at, you know, as we've seen a Melvin Gordon now hit uh, like we did. And, and maybe you look for some of those high ceiling guys the kind of guys that can win you an entire main event. Roy, let me ask you something, you know, because last year was the, your first year in the main event. Uh, and uh, this year you're having a lot of success, obviously nine weeks in uh, so much can happen, uh, but you guys have had a lot of success so far 
this year. Was there anything that maybe you learned the, you know, the quote unquote hard way last year uh, that you knew not to do the following year, or maybe something you missed out on that you wish you would have done in 2015 that you applied to 2016? Uh, I know the Melvin Gordon selection for you guys this year has been big, but from a strategy standpoint, from a philosophy standpoint, was there anything that you changed in your main event draft from last year to this year that's really helped you? Uh, a couple of things. So one of the things that, that we kind of talked about and John was really big on was, was taking advantage of the 1.5 PPR uh, for tight ends, right? So uh, with our second pick at the 2-3 turn, we took Greg Olson. So we were targeting either Reed or Olson. Olson was the one that, that made it there. We were, we were pretty heavy on and making sure we got a tight end early. Uh, we, we wanted to get multiple tight ends in the first few rounds. They just, the, the right ones just didn't fall, so, so we ended up with Olsen. But the one thing I learned from last year is we had a playoff team last year. My, my other uh, teammate, Corey Hansen, and I uh, actually made the league playoffs, and we completely petered out in the playoffs. So we basically had this good playoff push. We, we were really hot going in. Our matchups were just crap, basically, for 12 and 13. And, and that pretty much made me kind of say, you know what, if you're really going to compete in this thing and at very least win your league where you can kind of cash in, you, you've got to look forward. You've got to look at those. And that, that was the big, the big you know, uh, you know, uh, I, I guess mis- I wouldn't call it a mistake. We just didn't know any better. So the big lesson, I guess, uh, last year was, was looking ahead and just, just making sure some of those matchups were a little bit more favorable. All right, guys, this is my favorite question of the evening. Usually it's more favorite during other parts of the year, but I'll No, I, th- I think this question is always – uh, for the starter sits for this week. Yeah, we glean a lot from this question <laughs> every week. <laughs> Give us an early-round stud that people should seriously consider benching this week, as well as a player that not many people would actually start this weekend, but you guys think will have a good performance. We'll start with Roy, and then, John, uh, you can go next. Uh, so as far as the sit, and this is probably going to be one that, that most people will, will probably roll with, but, but it's, it's girly. Um, Boy, he struggled. The Rams struggled. I think during that game, they were calling for Tebow. They were calling for for all kinds of different quarterbacks <laughs> to come in, and Tebow. It, it was it's they're they're a mess. And I think uh, John and I are, are both St. Louis guys, even though I'm here in Dayton, and we kind of lived through the Rams the last few years. So it, it's uh, you know, good riddance kind of thing. You can have them kind of thing. But anyways, uh, so so Gurley. I mean, he's going up against a tough defense. I think he's banged up this week. Um, I I just and he's going against a, a really tough run defense in the Jets. I, I just don't see him. Mm-hmm putting up, you know, any, any kind of really decent number. So it's, it's, if you've got someone else you can play, it's, it's probably tough to, to, you know, obviously sit your first round draft pick, but that's kind of where my head is. And then from a kind of sleeper, and I don't know, I, I think he's kind of blown up this week as, as far as, you know, the last couple of weeks, but Austin Hooper um, was a guy that if, if you got him and you kind of got him on waivers the last couple of weeks, I think uh, with Tammy being down and, and them a tough matchup in Philadelphia, I think he can, uh, he can, probably come through for you this week. All right, John, go ahead uh, next. Uh, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm going with Roy on that. I think uh, Gurley is the obvious pick. Um, easy one. I think Roy pretty much summed it up on that. Uh, Roy don't have anybody else as, as far as an early rounder goes. Uh, as far as the sleeper for the week, uh, I'm going to go with uh, CJ. I may not pronounce his name correctly. Cedarwitz. Cedarwitz, uh, uh, yeah, I believe that's yeah, That's what it is. How, what is it? Fedorowicz. Fedorowicz. Okay, there we go, yeah. Uh, Osweiler in that offense is kind of a mess, and CJ will be his check down, and uh, he's got a good matchup this week against the Jaguars, and in that 1.5 format for tight ends, I think he's a great flex play this week. Fedorowicz, too, I think is a guy that's been underrated by 
really everybody in fantasy uh, for the entire season. You know, you read a lot, a lot of these waiver wire columns on, you know, whether it be like football guys or draft sharks or, or Roto world or Roto viz or any of those. And it seems like every single week this year, Fedorowicz has been in there and like, people are like, why is this guy still available? And especially in the FFPC, uh, he was still available much later than he should have been. He's pretty much owned everywhere uh, there right now, but that makes a lot of sense. And I think the, the fact that you guys, uh, both set a tight end uh, for your sneaky start this week. Uh, Hooper and Fedorowicz do make a lot of sense there. I think that uh, just a, uh, exemplifies the sort of belief that you have in the uh, the tight ends in the FFPC. Uh, you guys have been tremendous tonight. So uh, so much awesome stuff from you guys. Very entertaining, very informative. I know I learned a lot. I wish you guys nothing but the best in um in uh, the ffpc main event and obviously your local league as well i saw the the picture of the trophy and the ring that you guys have for your local league that is in, uh, some uh, impressive stuff there as well uh really fantastic uh hopefully you guys can grow that league uh, to 48 uh people next year that'd be very exciting and best of luck to you guys in the main event and all your leagues thanks so much for coming on the show tonight guys thanks for the invite yep thank you appreciate it Thanks, guys. Roy Paranzuela and John Munn coming on the show tonight. Third place in the FFPC main event as we turn the page to the double-digit weeks of the NFL season. These guys looking very good. Really perfect example of two guys that been playing in basement leagues, dip their toes in the VP leagues, try that out, try the main event out last year, make the playoffs, and now this year, second year in the main event. Look at where they are, third place in the main it's amazing. Everyone that plays in a local league should try it. I, I don't, I'm thinking I'm getting sick of basement leagues as a term. Uh, what, what are we, are we just going to go back to calling them local leagues then? I, don't know. I really like, we need something more innovative. Bar leagues, office leagues. It's just not, we need to, you know, all right. So per, it's something we really put our stamp on. Yeah, let's figure okay. it out. All right. Fantastic. By the way, CJ Fedorowicz. Yes. Uh, between weeks four and this week. <laughs> Ten. Heading into this week, right. four and okay. nine. Yeah. Uh, where do you think he's ranked? For tight ends? Yes. FFPC scoring or Carrington scoring? Just regular scoring. Yes. I mean, it's, it's probably about the same. Uh, maybe we should call basement leagues Carrington leagues. That's <laughs> what <laughs> we should call. Not, not bad. Um, I don't know. Six uh, among tight ends. Yeah. Yeah. Six is my guess. He's fifth. Wow. How about that? On both, on both now, a points per game now, basis and his total points basis. Is that a commentary in Fedorowicz or is that a commentary on tight ends this year? It's a little bit of both, but yeah. I mean. You know, Griffin, he was hurt, and then Griffin was playing a little bit. But, you know, now that he's emerged, that's, uh, he, he's beaten out some pretty good players, including, you know, Witt, Witt on, who had a great week last week. <laughs> Kelsey, who's been sucking it. Right. Well, he came, came to play last week. He had a good week last week. Ten? Well, maybe it was the week before that. <laughs> I didn't say one of those it games. Was, it was the week before. Okay, there you go. Yeah, 23.8. Um, one of the things that Roy said, and I know we got to get to the break, and we will shortly. One of the things that Roy said that I, I think rings true with me on a personal level, you know, he's talking about these Rams fans calling for Tebow to be playing quarterback for Case Keenum, you know, over Jared Goff, their number one pick. And I got to, you know, it's going to get better for these L.A. Rams fans. For years, fans of this show have been calling for the boom goes the dynamite guy to take over for me. <laughs> and I've been fighting him off. Granted, I haven't improved or done anything better. No, you haven't done any training. But I'm keeping that guy unemployed from this position, which is really what it's all about. 
It's all about your emails, tweets, and more right after this on Fantasy Feedback. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Week 10 is upon us in the NFL. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. We're previewing all the games this week, or doing our best to center on the big fantasy analyses of each game. We haven't talked about any of the games. This is the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. This is your emails and tweets and more. This is Fantasy Feedback. Got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest? Send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Should also mention it, neither one is listening, but I'll wish a happy early birthday to both my wife and my mother-in-law celebrating. I'm sure they're listening. Celebrating a birthday on Monday. Right now. It's a big birthday weekend for the Bachman household. It's going to be. Happy uh, birthdays. going to be fun for them. Let's get to the. Uh, <laughs> I caught that. Let's get to it's the. It'll be fun for them. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll be a great weekend. It's going to suck for Balky. Kevin in Birmingham, Alabama writes, with Jay Gruden saying that Kelly is the starter and some beat writers tweeting that Matt Jones might not even be active on Sunday, would you cut bait with him in redraft leagues? Is there any reason to keep him on board right now? Thanks, guys. That's Kevin in Birmingham, Alabama. Kevin, thank you for the email. Dave, did you see this? This week about the Redskins? I, I've been hearing some rumors. In Gruden, spite of all the other stuff going on in the world, I've been paying I mean, a little really, bit of attention. Let's face it. This is the biggest story in Washington, D.C. right now. Very important. Rob Kelly named the starter by Jay Gruden, and now apparently Matt Jones might not even be active. Yeah. I, I don't even know what to make of that. I'm not cutting Matt Jones, and I only own him in two leagues. I'm not cutting him in either league. Again. But you're going to be getting close. Well, here's the thing. Chris Thompson, Gruden said that Chris Thompson has not – his role has not changed as the third down back. So even if Matt Jones is active, he's the number three guy, and he's not going to see the field if Thompson's in on third downs and Kelly's in on first and second downs. So you just said that so you're making a statement why not to have so, Jones. So, 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 so the here's the reason I would keep him. Me no thinky. Here, here, here's clearly. Here's the reason <laughs> that I would keep him on my rosters. He, to me, he's the most talented back on that team. I feel like the reason that he is he not playing, playing – <laughs> is because he's, at, he's having some he's having some fumble issues he's having some performance issues I believe that he's in a bit of a slump right now if Kelly a first slump. of all Kelly is not a slump as yes, a running back yes Kelly is not a pedigree guy um, and he's also Jones is also one injury away from being the guy again I don't think that Chris Thompson would all of a sudden be the the every down guy if Kelly were to go down I think Jones would go back into that role. So the fact that you can have a, a guy like this on your team, if you're already rostering guys like Alfred Morris and Fitzgerald Toussaint and um, you know Sharkandrick West and, and all these other running backs that really only have value when the starter gets hurt, why wouldn't you? Why why does Matt Jones not at least qualify for that level of running backs on your roster? You know, you make a good case, Balky. Okay. Clearly, should have been an attorney. All right. Well, listen, that's my thoughts on it. I know that you think that uh, – to me, maybe you think that he's closer to cuttable than, than I think he is, but I'm keeping him around at this point. Uh, you know, I'll see what this week brings, but I think there's a chance I'd be willing to cut him. You know what's interesting? This our, might... our ring doorbell just went off here at the somebody's at, somebody's at the Some, door? Somebody's breaking into the studios. Oh, interesting. Can you see who it is? 
I'll have to look. Is it the boom goes the dynamite guy? I don't know if I have a knife or anything. Is it Alex? <laughs> <laughs> I figured I'd get a jump start on, on hosting the show. I answer some emails tonight. Alex, text before you come over. Um, let's, so, All right, back to this. Back, back to Matt Jones. Might be a good buy low in Dynasty right now with trade deadline coming up. What is it, Friday for FFPC leagues? Yep, 18th. So you have one week. You have to buy it very well. I'm not giving up much for me. Really? Yeah. Like fourth round pick? Is that too rich? Not really. No. I mean. So that's a that's a good pairing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he was drafted. I mean, he's still a third round pick. Scott, the drunk guy, whatever GM, whatever his name Scott is. Scott McGloin. McGoinahan or whatever his name is. <laughs> McGoinahan. <laughs> McGloin. McGloin. His name is really McGloin. Yes. McLaughlin. Um, he was supposedly the genius. Yeah. Even though the guy ran a four six eight coming out of your beloved Florida State. Yep. Um, and I, you know, I, I gave you the benefit of the doubt. I said I would draft him in the sixth, seventh round or whatever. Wait, who? Wait, who are you talking about? I gave Matt Jones and Matt Jones didn't come out of Florida State. He didn't. Where Florida did he... University of Florida. Oh really? Yeah, Chris Thompson actually is from Florida State. Yeah, see, I'm totally wrong. Yeah. No wonder he's not that. Good. I'll tell you what a reason to cut Matt Jones. He's a Gator. End of story. <laughs> All right, Moving next on. Question. Jamie in Wilbraham, Massachusetts. No Jacob Tammy this week, and Austin Hooper, among others, are on my waiver wire. Can I get a would you rather with the rookie from Stanford? Yes, you can, Jamie, and not only that, Rob is going to play this. Would you rather get a massage from a man or surgery from a female doctor? Would you have sex with Cleveland if it meant you could have sex with Angelina Jolie? Who would you rather do? What would you guys rather be? Who would you rather start a small business with? Who would you rather have sex with? Do you want breakfast or would you rather chew on your own ass as usual? What? Keeping it classy here. Classy is the name of the game. This is the high-stakes classy fantasy football podcast. So Austin Hooper this week, Dave, is at Philadelphia. Not the greatest matchup, I would say, but you think about Philadelphia's defense. It looked really strong in September and early October and is is sort of come back down to earth. And I don't think the the defense on the tight ends has been particularly great this year. Uh, And Atlanta's offense has been great. Hooper, I think, could be in for a big game. So let's talk. You're you're setting me up here. Yeah, let's talk about who you would rather play. I'm going to go up. Okay. (laughs) I'm trying to think of guys here that, that would make some sense. Austin Hooper at Philly or Julius Thomas at home against Houston? Uh, I don't like Thomas. I'll take Hooper. I agree. Austin, Ho- I'm going to recuse myself of this next one. Austin, <laughs> Austin Hooper at Philly or Kobe Fleener at home against the Broncos? You know, the Broncos are such a great secondary, so maybe, that, maybe Fleener actually gets a few targets. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of tough, though. I'll, no, it's I'll, not. I'll take Fleener. <laughs> Austin Hooper at Philly or Martellus Bennett at home against the Seahawks on Sunday night football. I'll take Hooper. I'm going to take Hooper too. Now, Matt Schauf and me were talking about this earlier. What this are you guys doing? Pen pals. Yeah, well, we, Quit talking about Matt Schauf. Listen, I don't know. If you want to have Matt Schauf listen, as your co-host. He you has been him. my co-host. You can have him all full time. So we're talking about our, because our, our SFB team is actually really, really good. And we were ta- I, I had Bennett on the bench in our initial lineup submission <laughs> And, he, and, he, Scott and he said, he's like, look, Seattle's corners are really going to shut down um, the receivers for New England. And he thinks New England's really going to be pushing the ball to Gronk and, and Bennett. So I think Bennett might be a sneaky start this week. So I would play Bennett actually over Hooper in this case. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be Gronk and Bennett. It'll be Gronk, 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 Bennett. And Bennett, three catches, <laughs> four yards, three touchdowns. <laughs> yeah. Austin Ho- back in the day. Exactly. Austin Hooper at Philly or Cameron Brait at home against the Bears. Brait. 
Yeah, I agree. Lance Kendricks at the Jets or Hooper? Uh, Kendricks. Everybody liking Kendricks, so I'm going to go with the populace. I'm going to say Hooper. I, I think that Kendricks, I was really impressed with his line last week. Didn't he have like nine for 90 or some, something insane like that? He had more catches than Hooper had targets. He only had... Hooper only had six targets. Yeah. Let's not get all too excited about Hooper. He's not been killing the world or anything. No, it's just a great matchup this week for an elite player out of Stanford. Yes, he went to Stanford. I'm sure he had a fine education. His degree is fantastic. He listened. He knows how to get open. He's sneaky fast, Dave. I mean, what are they, four, five, six? In the first seven weeks, he combined for, you know, six combined catches and one touchdown. Yeah. whoop do you do He's a rookie tight end. He's not... Don't go too crazy about this Hooper guy. Okay, uh, to that end, Austin Hooper at Philly or the other tight end in that game, Zach Ertz at home against the Falcons. Oh, Ertz sucks. But he actually had a very good week last week. He was like 8 for 90 or something like that. Interesting. Yeah. Right, actually, you know what? I'm going to take Ertz. I'm Ertz gonna... is a, I, like, I like a more veteran player. Right, and I said on the show last week, Ertz is terrible. You know, this. here's what happened. Whenever you badmouth someone, they have good No, games. no, and, uh, he had a bad game last week, and I dropped him in a league where I ended up actually needing a tight end this week because um, <laughs> both my other guys were on bye. Yeah. So I'm like, and I'm, I have like no bidding dollars left. Like, there, there's no way I get Ertz. And I put an $11 bid on him, cause I, him. and I got him. Uh, I, right. Like, you know what I mean? It's just, people man, are, now is the time for bidding. Yeah. It is a feeling I, and this is comparing this to Todd Berry's uh, stand-up routine, which by the way, if you're going to listen to Todd Berry's stand-up comedian, he's fantastic. He's one of my favorites. He, uh, he did this uh, routine. He's like, have you ever made plans with somebody that you didn't want to hang out with and then they cancel on you? <laughs> wow. That is like the that greatest awesome, feeling ever. It? I'll yeah. tell you this. It is similar to winning Zach Ertz for $11 when you need a tight end in a potential shootout game when you need a tight end and uh, you're hamstrung with bidding dollars and you get Ertz. That felt pretty, 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 pretty good. And one of the, one of the RT sports leagues, Dewan Harris, was insanely cheap for me. I gotta look and see. What yeah, you know, I, I I think I said this early in the show, but I picked People up. People started banning. I picked up Harris in a few leagues last week. Like I, I feel like you're a week ahead. And I'm I'm, not, I'm normally never a week ahead, and I feel like this year you're dialed in. Maybe because I, I'm so desperate for running backs. You have two podcasts now instead of one. That could be, but maybe because I uh, am so desperate for running backs, I am like you know. You know what else it is? There's one other thing. Okay, go ahead. I mean, I got to get this thought together here. Go ahead. Matt Schaaf. Oh, yeah. Now that's probably – let's face it. It's all We're Matt Schaaf. finally Schauff. talking yeah. to somebody smart. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> you know what it's like when we talked about how the, the rats in those, um, in those, rat, those lab experiments, when they, they starve them, they technically think better or whatever or think faster? Yes, intermittent fasting. Right. Intermittent fasting. That works for humans, too. You know. that, and, and it works for humans playing fantasy football <laughs> because I feel like, oh, man, now I'm really desperate. i got to be super dialed in on these running backs because I need them bad. I need them yeah. worse than anybody else. So I feel like that helps you, too. It's, it's like you got the fear. You want to get a new job? The quickest way to make sure you get hired is to quit the existing ones. You have the fear in you. This is a friend's thing. So you have the fear in you that you need to find something. You know what I mean? Yeah, so. no, that actually uh... – Makes a little bit of sense, unless you're just a lazy bum and got pot legalized in California. That's a little different. Next email. Right, here it is. Go ahead. Uh, Kurt's team. Yes. I Can we say the team name? I cannot, I cannot say the team name. Okay. Which one is it? Can I see? Oh, I got it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a good one. The old BC. <laughs> <laughs> He's in the playoff hunt. This is, this is a team yeah. where he, was, he scored like a 180 last week. Yeah. Juwan Harris, four bucks. Oh, that's insane. He now has two bucks left. He spent $2 on Chandler Cantanazero. Yeah. 
$4 on Dewan Harris because everyone else – by the way, everyone else in this league is an idiot. You guys are all stupid. Well, do we know anybody in this league that we can publicly Good shame one? on this yeah, show? Should, uh, DWI, that's J.A. Carey and Mike Fox. Yeah, you guys are morons. Shame those guys. Can't, I, why can't I – hold on, I'm going to – Come over here. The there you Pittsburgh go. Jagoffs. I do. Yeah, I don't know them. I don't know anybody else in this league. All right. So, okay, capsule. so there you go. Look it up. Anyway, that's it, it, that's pretty bad. I mean, because I was looking at the other other uh, leagues, and there's like you know two thirty. Oh yeah, it's insane. Three hundred, four hundred. The thing is, people. Okay, if you have that confluence of where people run out of money that are in the playoff hunt, and then you have the other people whose teams don't care and yeah. have money left. Yep. You can just you can go nuts. You really can go nuts. Especially in FFPC with the where you have uh, money in the playoffs. That can really help you out. Yep. Uh, next email from Ronnie in Sugar Notch, Pennsylvania. He writes, hello, Melania and Ivanka. Who is the receiver to play this week in Kansas City if Macklin misses? Conley, Hill, or Wilson? Mega Ronnie in Sugar Notch, <laughs> Pennsylvania. Hey, congrats, Ronnie. Yeah. So, so um, – this email was earlier in the week. Macklin is officially listed as out yeah. in this game. Chris Conley, Tyreek Hill, Albert Wilson. You can start any of them. And if you have to start one, who's it going to be? I'm going to start the player that has shown that he's the most talented on the, on the team that's not Macklin, and that's Tyreek Hill. I would agree with you. Highest upside. You're going to roll the dice. Man, put everything out there. Give me a craps term. Uh, Back it up. Press it. Press it. Press it. Thank you. Yes. Uh, if oh, you, you hit the sixes and eights, you got to press it. Yeah. You got to go for the fours, fives, and tens, press it. Hit the hard way. Tyreek Hill could have two for 12. Albert Wilson probably will have two for 12. <laughs> and Conley's hoping for two for 12. And, and, who, and he also, by the way, has a sore hamstring, Chris Conley. Tyreek Hill could have like five for 130 and two touchdowns. I mean, it's entirely possible. And a punt return for a touchdown. Yes, and with action scoring, that even makes it more valuable. More likely he'll go for a four for 38. All right, so you and I are both in agreement there. Yeah, I mean, if you want a sprinter who's going to win you a 100-meter dash, it's Conley. Right. Actually, Tyreek Hill is pretty fast, too. Not as fast as Conley. Okay. Conley's a ball. I'll tell you this. If you want somebody to to direct a film for you, Chris Conley is your guy. That's very true. Yeah. About Star Wars. Yeah, he's a big Star Wars. You're in a Star Wars trivia contest. Chris Conley is your Kansas City yeah, receiver. Star Wars Jeopardy. He's the man. Carl in Richardson, Texas. Hi, Dave and Balky. For Dynasty, would you be trying to acquire or get rid of Gurley right now? No cheating and saying something in the middle either. Thank you, Carl. Oh, I like that. And Richardson, Texas. Binary. So we cannot. No waffling. No waffling. We, we have to take a stand on this. So I'm buying. I'm, I'm uh, hmm. The question is, do you think Gurley is just not that talented? I, get, I would be buying. Or do you, and, or do you think and the team is not that talented? I think you, you raised the, the, the best point of the evening as far as Dynasty goes. How many Dynasty, you know, we have so many Dynasty owners come on this show in February, March, April, May, as we prepare for the NFL draft and Dynasty rookie drafts. What do they always say over and over and over and over again? Get the most talented guy. Opportunities change. Situations change. Fisher gets fired. Roles change. Coaches change. Offenses change. What's the one constant that you can always have on your team? Talent. Get the more talented guy. And honestly, the Todd Gurley owner in your league might actually be doing pretty well because I'm a Todd Gurley owner of Dynasty and I'm doing pretty well. <laughs> he might be willing to say, like, look, is I, that, is that, I need is, some. Is I that need, statistically significant? <laughs> one out know. of one? I, well, I mean, whatever. Um, but he might be, but he might be willing to deal Gurley for somebody a little bit more, um, consistent, you know, for the remainder of the season. Now you're not going to get, you know, 
Gurley, you're not you're not going to acquire Gurley for anything less than you know a, a really good price, and you're going to have to pay for him. Uh-huh. But you think about what that Rams team could be next year. I mean, if they get a couple offensive linemen in there, maybe they become a dominant running football team and can really take advantage of Gurley's talents. I think that again, so much can change in an off season. For at, at a very at the minimum, you should be floating offers out there for Gurley just to see, get the conversation going, see what you can do for him because I think you might be happy and surprised what you can get or what you can uh, or what you only have to give up to get Gurley. Yeah, I agree. Actually, I mean, like you don't know what anyone else is thinking, so you throw some offers out there, and who knows? I mean, there's you don't know what they value that player at anymore. Right. They may be insulted and they may be like, you know what? I'm sick of Gurley. I'm sick of it. I'll, I'll trade him for what is perceived as like the 109 pick or 107 pick. I'm giving up a 106 to 112 yeah. pick for sure. No question. I might even go higher than that. Yeah. I mean, look, one one to one three, it's getting tight. But Gurley was like a, this uber pedigree guy. I don't think I would discount him that much, actually. Even like the t- 104, I'm probably paying that. That's totally fine. I think a fun exercise. For, He's still super young. Right. I think a fun exercise for us to do in early to mid-April next year is throw Gurley into a rookie draft, into next year's rookie draft, when, when we have more information on all these college guys, where he would go. Would he go ahead of Fournette, Cook, um, Chubb, any of these? I mean, that, that's, 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 that, those are the looking. conversations yeah. that we're going to be having. And that's I think we're having them internally now. We definitely are. We just don't know. We, we're guesstimating because we don't know. Um, what the film is going to, st- I mean, I haven't, you know, I'm not a big film guy anyway, but we'll see what other people, more people that are people who are smarter than us write about uh, the film on these guys, the metrics smarter and so forth. Well, smarter than me. Uh, looking for some good FFPC advice. Drop McKinnon <laughs> for Hillman TIA. That's Paul in Las Vegas, Nevada. Would you drop Jarek McKinnon right now for Ronnie Hillman? Mr. Treasurer of the Jarek McKinnon fan club. <laughs> Whatever. No, seriously, because you've always been a fan of McKinnon, even I'm, before he got drafted. Yeah. Um, so you look at what Hillman's been able to do the last few weeks. Look at what McKinnon's been able to do with a big opportunity in front of him. Which is not much. Redraft leagues, are you dropping McKinnon for Hillman right now? I'm not, but, I mean, I'm really discouraged by Hill, by, by uh McKinnon. McKinnon's performance has just not been good. He's not. He's had a lot of opportunities. What? What? what what's the deal? What, why? He's why really, has he been struggling? You know, he's he's never. He was not a running back in college. I mean, he played option quarterback, so he had right. running back opportunities. But you know, I, I, maybe he's just not patient behind his blocks. I don't really know what it is exactly. But he's not a naturally instinctive running back. You right. can tell based on his yards per carry. You can watch him play. He gets taken down fairly easily. You know, he's he's a good weight room guy, and he's very fast. Good. That's cool. I'm a little bit off of that train. I, you know, Hillman had a, a few of those runs were fantastic, but he still didn't get a ton of carries. I guess I'm not that excited about either guy, to be honest. Look, I would, if someone did that, though, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I don't think it's just like a totally. I, I could get it if someone did that. Let me put this out there right now. Minnesota, uh, their the offensive line is really, really terrible, and they they're missing. They got a couple of guys on IR that has not done them any favors. Let's say those guys get healthy, Dave. I'm I'm looking forward to next year. Now you're talking. Are you? Was this a redraft question or dynasty? This, Re- I'm redraft. assuming this is redraft. But yeah. let's let's look For at dynasty. this. I, w- I want to bring this up. Just throw this out here. Mm-hmm. See see what your thoughts are on this. They get healthy next year. They come back. Adrian Peterson has caught cap casualty. So now you're left with Asiata, McKinnon, and Hillman. Hillman, I'm assuming, is a free agent after. I'm this assuming year. they don't draft a running back really. That's kind of what I wanted to get at. They could strong defense. Yes. 
decent offensive line, a, a offense that's predicated around the running game. They probably, I mean, they're looking good to win the division. They, and, then, and look at the mindset of the front office. They're like, oh, we've lost Peterson. All we need is a good running back. And my thoughts exactly. And, and you, you know, you these could, guys are actually pretty stupid. And you could have. They're not like a Stanford guy. But like okay, Cooper. but just throw that out of the equation. Just look at it selfishly from a fantasy standpoint. Think about Dalvin Cook. Oh, yeah. In a Vikings uniform next He's year. Very, very possible. I, I possibly mean, likely. And, and then now, then, then the Ezekiel Elliott comparisons start. And oh, yeah, now we're talking. Because now Elliott had a great year, yeah. Exactly. So I think that's going to be very compelling, too. I think Minnesota is a, a definitely a team to watch the in the draft. Well, yeah, I agree. We'll, we'll be following it for sure. Makes a lot of sense. Let's uh, go to, is this the final email? Yeah, this is the final sure email of the so. night. The show's running well. Uh, no, it's not. We're on, we're on pace. <laughs> Jimmy in Moorestown, New Jersey. Should I be thinking about benching Jarvis Landry? I play in a PPR league, but he has underwhelmed the last few weeks. Here are my other receivers on the bench behind him right now. Uh, I'll list them in a second. I have to pick three guys for five slots and am struggling. So that is Jimmy in Morristown, New Jersey. Here's, okay, here's the options. This is going to be so janky how I'm going to do this here. I should have did this better before. Okay, so Landry is taking on the Chargers, I believe, in San Diego, Dave. Is that correct? Is that game in San Diego? Yeah, and he was, um, according to Sorry, I'm blocking uh, you here. FF Champs, he yep. injured his shoulder during Wednesday's practice. Right. Sat out Thursday. Limited Friday, called day-to-day. That's dicey. Okay, so that active. is... It's supposed to be active, though. Okay. So, okay, so this makes it even that much more interesting. So you have Jarvis... And it's a late game. Jarvis Landry at San Diego. You have Kelvin Benjamin at home against the Chiefs. You have Stephon Diggs at Washington... Emmanuel Sanders is uh, playing football this week at New Orleans. <laughs> and uh, Terrell Pryor is his other one. Well, I don't know what he did with Pryor last night. This uh, old email. Um, okay, so let's assume he started Pryor, Dave. Okay. Um, what are the other two guys you're picking between Landry, Benjamin, Diggs, and Sanders? Uh, Benjamin and Sanders, and that's it. Really? Oh, yeah. That cut and dry? Yeah, I mean, why, do you, why, why mess around with a late game guy when you have Kelvin Benjamin? Yeah, but, but what about Diggs? I mean, he's fine, if you want to go that way. I mean, Sanders gets like 10 to 12 targets a game. Okay. Easily eight. Every week, eight to 12. He's getting targeted. And you have Benjamin, who's the number one target for uh, for camp. Yeah, and Sanders, I guess, is in that um, – I mean, he's at New Orleans, let's face it. Oh, not God, the, not yeah. the greatest defense there. So, okay, that makes sense. As long as you get you the mean, New Orleans did guy you in there. you say the worst? Uh, I said they're not the best, <laughs> which is like the worst. That is it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that is going to do it for our show this week. I want to thank uh, Roy Paranzuela. I want to thank John Munn for coming on, being good sports. Wish them nothing but the best in their 40-team local league as well as the FFTC main event. Big happy Veterans Day to all the veterans out there. No uh, trades and carries? Thank you for your service. No, they don't. Right, thank you, veterans. Thank you to the FFPC, Rob Bryce, and you. Todd Roberts will be on this show next Friday at 10, 9 Central. Jimmy Wagner and the High Stakes Lowdown next Thursday. Check that out. Enjoy your weekend. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. I gotta go, cause I got me a drop top, and if I hit the switch, I can make the ass drop. Had to stop at a red light, looking in my mirror, not a jacker in sight. And everything I really didn't mean to make it seem like I will not be having a good weekend on my wife's birthday weekend. I will be. Oh, yeah? Well, we got a nice little Saturday plan.
What's that? We're going to hit up some stores, maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know if we're going to have too much time. I don't know if I'll have enough time. Bed Bath & Beyond. Bed Bath & Beyond. What are you going to get? Referencing old school. Oh. The movie. Did you ever see that one? Yeah, but not as many times as you have, Bentley. It's been on HBO. Check it out. I might have to. 